share the good news is because they haven't come to accept the value mm. of the good, good news. Um, today we are looking at Marie and we are so happy about the dog and you saw how you could tell us so much about the dog. Why? Because you see, you are excited about the dog. You have so much information and so you, you, you can talk about the dog anywhere. You can talk about how he behaves when there are people. Why? Because you've learned the art of working with the dog. It's just that the, the, the basic or the Christians of today haven't learned that art or we haven't fallen in love with what we are professing to be part of. It's amazing how those of us who watch uh, the Premier League, London, you know, the Premier League football, I'm, I'm a Chelsea fan. Way back again, I fly all the way to to Stamford Bridge to you know, be a part of the football match. It tells you how much Stamford Bridge means to me or Chelsea. And so I would pay any price just to be there to watch a, a match. Why? Because I know everything about Chelsea. I know right from the players, even to the coach. And the next thing, I find it intriguing. So I, I spend a lot of time doing that. And that's exactly what must happen to the gospel. The truth is this. Do we know why we have to evangelize? What is evangelism? First of all, we cannot talk about evangelism without first of all going to the beginning, Genesis 1, 26. The Bible says in the beginning, God created man. You know, he made man in his image and after his likeness. And he said, let him have dominion over everything that he's made. That means God had everything and then handed it over to man. That man should have full control, dominion. That means man should determine what will happen to what he has given to him. I mean, when you buy a shoe today, you, you know, the owner of the shoe does not tell you how to wear it. You determine where you want the shoe to go. That's what God did, give man full control. But in Genesis chapter three, we understand that something happened. God created the serpent who was more subtle than any other animal. This serpent came and engaged man in a conversation. I keep telling people that prayer started with God. When we talk about prayer, prayer is a communication. And so you start from Genesis 1, 1, the Bible says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void, and darkness was upon the surface of the deep, and then the Spirit of God moved upon the surface of the waters. And then God said, so you realize that God has been communicating with his creation from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so in Genesis chapter 3, we see Satan also involving himself in the same tactics of God, having a conversation. What was he looking out for? Attention. What was he looking out for? to get people's attention. Wherever there's a conversation, positive conversation, there are results. And so you realize that when we all walked in, we started having a conversation so that I can know you, so that you can know me. Where there's conversation, there's some kind of unity. There's some kind of uniformity. There's some kind of understanding. And when we come to a place of understanding, victory is inevitable. Right? And so Satan tried to confuse man and got man to err, and so man lost his place with God. And so, in Matthew chapter 1, if you look at the verse 21, the Bible said, God now introduced his way for man to be restored to himself. And so in Matthew chapter 1, something happened there. The Bible said, um, a woman by the name Mary was visited by God. And what did God do? Right, so this woman was visited by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
and she conceived. And when she conceived, something happened. The husband-to-be was confused about the conception. And I mean, how would you take it if a woman you want to marry suddenly comes to say, I'm pregnant, right. and you know you're not responsible? Right. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's not going to be easy. I mean, sometimes we have to celebrate Joseph. He's, he's not celebrated in the Bible, but yes. he, he, I don't know how you would have felt. My brother, I, I mean, hey. But you see, when the Bible said he tried to put off the woman quietly without any uh, disgrace or shame, the Bible said an angel visited him and said to him, you shall not put this woman aside, but this is what is going to happen. The woman has conceived and the child that she has is with the Holy Spirit. And that his name shall be called Jesus. That means Jehovah is salvation. And that he will save his people from their sins. And so we see the mission of Jesus. What was his mission? Salvation. Am I making sense? His mission was to save. That word to save comes from a Greek word sozo, which simply means to rescue. That means a people have gone to war and they are they've been held captive and they have to be rescued. What does it also mean? It can also mean to redeem. Redeem means I paid to release. Very soon there's going to be such a redemptive act between Russia and Ukraine because both of them have uh, what do you call it captives and so there will have to be an exchange of captives so definitely I will have to now give me X I give you Y and so that's what Jesus did and so his, his his activity was to kind of break us out and to take us out and so Jesus now began and this is what happened and so now we with, with this in mind I would want to define or look at what the definition of um, evangelism is so Jesus came to die and when he came to die he, he paid the role for people to be saved right and then and so before he left he told us that we are going to do exactly what he did by going out to bring people out so that is where this word came from so the word evangelism comes from a root word evangel which simply means good news what is the good news Jesus has paid it all that's the good news. Jesus has paid it all. That means I need not work to have. I need not struggle to have. It's been fully paid. I haven't told you much about myself, but I used to be a drug addict. I've been an addict to alcohol, addict to many substances. As to how I got out, I cannot explain. But one thing I know is that he took me out. I was so sore. I had so much sore in my throat. It looked like cancer. Everybody thought I was going to die. But at the brink of time, he took me out. And when I got born again, all those things got healed the same day. Yeah. To just let you know that when he pays the price, it's, in, it's paid in full, not in half. And so when I go out and I'm going to share my testimony or to tell people about the good news is because I have not just heard about the good news but I'm a product of the good news I've had an experience I've had an encounter and so it's not what people are saying it's what I have experienced and so the root word is evangel that means good news and so what is evangelism 
in Christianity, evangelism is witnessing. Witnessing is the act of preaching the gospel, that's the good news, with the intention of sharing the message, the teachings of Jesus Christ. So, evangelism, there has to be an intent which is felt. What is it? Sharing the good news. What's the good news? Jesus has paid it all in full. It's as simple as that. Jesus has paid it all in full. It doesn't matter what you've been worshipping all these years. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. If you take a critical look at someone like John the Baptist, he came with a radical message with the law. And John the Baptist made his message was so radical that people could not connect. Why? Because he presented the law which the people measured themselves with and they realized that they could not measure and so people were running away. But when Jesus came, he took himself to them. He gave himself to them. It wasn't about the law. It was about what he has done. The law will punish you for what you have done. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Have you committed adultery? Thou shalt not curse. Have you cursed? Thou shalt not... Um, uh, uh, let's take the, 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 the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not covet. Have you coveted? How many times have we been coveted? Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. How many times have we to it? But you see, that when you begin to mention the Tao and that the Tao, it becomes difficult for people to assimilate. And so what you do is you talk about what Jesus has done. What did he do? He looked at how dirty we were and paid for our righteousness. He looked at how broken we were and found a way to make us. Now, and so, when we go for evangelism, that's what we're doing. We are sharing the message and the teachings. There is a message. The message is salvation. The teaching is what builds disciples. And that's one of the things that I realized that in most of the churches today, we don't do. We, congreg we congregate on Sundays. And after Sundays, there is no other service to grow and to groom the souls that we meet. So you realize that in a church, you have about a thousand people sitting there, but most of them, if you should ask them basic questions about Christ, they cannot answer. Mm. Why? Because they have not been schooled. Mm. You see, your children respond to you. Why? Because you have taught them certain things. And so they know what your principles are. They know your vision. And they are ready to carry you along. Why? Because you've taught them. In the same way, if you own a company, and you have people working for you. You give them the constitution, you tell them the, the business plan and the business, uh, what do you call it, thoughts. And so they run with it. Where there is no information, for my people are perish for, for, for lack of knowledge. There has to be some kind of knowledge that is sent to them. And when they can come to terms with the knowledge, they will work with you. And so today, we do not have a lot of evangelism in many churches. I don't know. How many of you have ever won a soul? How many of you have ever spoken to somebody about Jesus? You realize that, you realize that we are just few. It's not because some of them are sinners, that's why they can't do it. It's because they have not been taught their art. Evangelism is an art. It's just like how we go to school to learn certain things. People must be taught how to do it. You must learn how to do it. 
the intent, the sharing, the message, the teachings of Jesus. But I can tell you, most of us also don't do it, even though we know how to do it. It's because there's an opposition. There is an opposition. Have you realized that? You know, when I came to this country, the very first thing I did was to do a spiritual um, search to understand the power that rules the country. You can never be effective with your evangelism without understanding the system that is in operation. One of the things that I notice about this country is indifference. People don't really care and selfishness. It's about me. It's about me. Have you realized that everybody is trying to fight? Just look at even Democrats and then the Republicans. Everybody has something they're holding on that they want to have control. Look at the individuals. It's all about me. It's about me. Why do you want to infringe on my right? Why? Right, 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 right. You see, when you start talking about right, you can never be born again. You, you see, you cannot, you cannot tell people about Christ because, it's, because people feel you are infringing on their right. But you see, you are rather giving them a cup of water to extinguish their, their thirst. You are feeding someone so that the person will be spiritually nourished. Because people are famished. People are famished. Now, let me show you something here. Uh, how do I change this? That would have been my guess. Alright, okay. <laughs> now look at this. We can never talk about evangelism without first of all talking about prayer. The reason why we cannot talk about evangelism without talking about prayer is this. Prayer is that tool we use to engage God. Why do we pray? We pray because we need to know the mind of God with regards to every soul we want to pray, preach to. You know, sometimes when you meet people, especially like here, when I go to most of the shops, you see some of the people, they are, they are the, the cashiers. You know, you can see their facial expression depicting um, rage. They're angry about something. They're frustrated about something. Now, if 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 you are somebody who spends time praying, whenever you stand before these people, the Holy Spirit whispers into their, your ear what you should say to them. Some of them just need to say, you look good. <laughs> that will release the facial expression, you know, the facial glance of the person. Sometimes I just say, God loves you. I remember a lady came to our church, one of our churches one day, appreciate. She, she, she had vowed that that was the last time she was coming to church. She came, morose, very sad. Nobody spoke to her. She went home and committed suicide. Mm -hmm. Now, the next question is this. Did any of her friends see her? Yes, they did. They felt that she was being indifferent that day. But who took time to understand her situation? Maybe would have intercepted her then. She was the only child of the mother, and she had been uh, she had been she had been dumped by a man. Should a man dump me and I kill myself? But you see, her depression was influenced by demons. There are powers that make you act in certain ways. That's why we have to pray. And so Jesus made a statement in Luke chapter eleven, verse twenty-one to twenty-two, and this is what I said. When a strong man fully armed guards his own dwelling, his goods are safe. 
Have you realized that sometimes when people are in error and you are trying to talk to them about it, they react? Have you ever committed a crime, committed a sin, and someone is talking to you about it and you, you become so agitated? Not because the counsel that is being given is not good. It's just that you are being rebellious. Haven't you been there before? Too many times. Exactly. Maybe earlier today. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe earlier. I don't realize that there are certain things you have been spoken to that doesn't warrant any anger, yet you get angry. You know, Satan takes advantage of many things. Right? And so, he said that when the, 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 the strong man fully armed, God is own dweller, his goods are safe. But when one stronger attacks him, and overcomes him, he takes from him his whole armor, which he trusted, and divides his body. So that means that if Satan takes advantage of someone and gets the person into drought, into a sinful addiction, or into a state, and someone is able to bring to God who has more power than Satan, he can rescue such a person. Let me tell you this. It's not easy to talk to people for them to change. It takes prayer. There are some people in your office, you may think that they are violent, they cannot be spoken to. But on your knees, you can get them for Jesus. It's another level of evangelism. You keep praying with them. Lord, I don't know what is wrong with my sister. And listen to me. Don't call the person your enemy. The person might be rude to you. But love in prayer can change them. Amen. Keep praying for them. Amen. When I was into my, in my situation, a friend of mine and the mother prayed for me for like eight years. And I got born again. Sometimes it may take time, but we have to keep praying. It's very important. So in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4, Paul did make statements that the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. That means, you see, we rescue these people not with, with aggression. You must change. You must change. No, no, no. It doesn't change people. Look, let me tell you something. The person's sex, the person's mindset might be different from yours. They believe in either same-sex marriage. They may be... You see, when you go for evangelism, it's not about talking about those things. It's about talking about Jesus. Listen, don't go attacking their sin. Go bringing them to Christ. You see, if you are praying for them, you will not have time to talk about your sin. Because you had worse sin. You know, Christians are quick to jump at people's sin and attack them because we can see their sin. But you see, as you are pointing one finger out there, how many is pointing back to you? That's good. And so, if you are someone who is consistently praying, you will not have time to judge people. Because Jesus said we shouldn't judge. It takes the scriptures for people to change. The second scripture that I used here is Second um, Corinthians chapter four and verse three, and this is what Paul said: "If the good news we preach is hid to anyone, it is hidden from the one who is on the road to eternal death." That means this gospel that we're spreading around, if people will resist it, is because is because it is hidden. It's simple, but they cannot receive it. It's simple. Jesus has paid the price 
It's a whosoever. I mean, John 3 16 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So it's like this. We are all thirsty. What's your name again? Joe. Joe. Yeah. Joe gives, gives me a cup of water. And I'm supposed to just drink this water and be fine. And I just look at it and say, I don't believe it. <laughs> Does that stop this water from performing its function? Now, if I tell you I have $1,000 in my back pocket, right? The fact that you don't believe does not stop it from existing. Right? And so if this gospel will be hid, or it will not be acceptable to the people, is because the God of this world has blindfolded them. It's like someone stealing, and you are trying to help the person out, and the person doesn't want to appreciate the help. It's like someone having cancer and you have the remedy and the person is refusing it. And so for the person to be able to get root and understand this, you need to consistently pray for the person because the person has been blindfolded. Mm. Sometimes you hear people arguing, there's no God, there's no God. Where? What if there's God? Am I making sense? Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, you know, if we, do you know we can put one plus one, two, equal to two, right? But do you know that in mathematics, people can debate that? But these are three things. If I put them together, one, two, three. Is that not it? Aha, so it's, it's obvious. But definitely, you will have people debate it. No matter what you say, it's just like, my name is Ebo, right? Ebu. Somebody can decide to mention it somewhere, any other, right? But if I want to be able to maintain peace with people, I must just take the name as you mention it and then move with it. Because if I want to insist on the right way, I may have challenges with people. And so if the truth will be hid, it will be hid from those whom Satan, the God of this world, has made blind, unable to see the glorious light of the gospel that is shining upon him or to understand the amazing message we preach about the glory of Christ who is God and so people cannot understand it because there is a force am I making sense in Ephesians chapter 2 you know Paul was speaking to the church and then he made a statement that we have been saved but in time past there used to be a prince of the power of the air that used to control us. And so we were under a control. Can you, can you even explain why you used to do certain things 10 years ago? You cannot explain. Why? Because there used to be something. And so their rescue is determined by how much time we spend in prayer. I want to suggest this, that in every service, it is always important that the church pray for the souls, the lost souls. Rather, we are quick to preach messages that detest them, that scatters them and push them away. We say they are gays. So what? We say they are this. So what? It's not about who they are. It's about what Christ has done for them. Listen, when they get to find, you see, when you have taught a child how to bath, when the child stands in front of the mirror, the child will appreciate the beauty. When the child has not bad, the child doesn't see anything. But when you're able to convince the child and lovingly help the child to understand and appreciate the, the, the value of bathing, 
When that child is done bathing and smells good, say, so, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. But you see, there was an element there. What was the element? Prayer. What is prayer? Your ability to convince that child. Because you are praying the child, just like how a, a lawyer prays a judge to, to turn to his argument and to make sense out of his argument. And so that's how we have to do the child. And that's what we have to do to the souls. We've got to pray for them. We have to spend time at night to pray for them. People don't understand why Jesus was so popular. In Mark 1.35, the Bible said a great while before morning, Jesus went to the top of the mountain. And in, in a place of solitude, he prayed. So whenever he came down in the morning, miracles were inevitable. They were just there. People were being saved. People were thronging on him. Why? Because he spent time to pray. Most of the members today, we are too busy. We're looking for money. Money we never find. What we find? Debt. Yeah. Oh. You realize that all you find is debt. Because a system will always want to plunge you in debt. But you see, a person that prays is always in tune with God. And such a person can easily know what God is saying and the direction God wants us to go. Let me tell you this. You don't use one strategy for all souls. All souls are peculiar. They are special. They are different. So a person who prays a lot always knows what God wants to do. As we are seated here, this is one of the things I'm telling you. Let it be on your daily prayer point. Pray for your children. Because you can be a missionary, preach everywhere, and your children will not be saved. I'm telling you, Satan will frustrate you. The reason why you have to pray. How many of you know Rehan Bonke? Rehan Bonke. Rehan Bonke used to be a, an evangelist. He died about a year or two ago. A German who lived in Florida. But he did, he took Africa. Rehan Bonke came to a, a town in, in Ghana called Koforidia to have a crusade. When he got to the place, the ground, to start the crusade, just before the starting of the crusade, beasts invaded the, the grounds and went into the speakers and damaged every instrument. They are powers. One time, I was having a crusade in a village, far away in a remote area. When one of our MCs got to the, the podium, he was talking. Suddenly, they took his voice away. He couldn't talk anymore. And so when I'm having crusades, Underneath the pulpit, a prayer, prayer team. Mm. They pray before, <clears throat> during, and after. Mm. Because it, 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 it's a conflict. Mm. If you are going on a rescue mission, they will attack you. Am I making sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I keep saying that demons do attack. In Revelation 12, you remember, the Bible said the angels fought, and they fought back. That is why in Revelation 12, 13, he said, he said, who unto you the people of the earth? For the devil is, is in great wrath. He's angry. More people are getting saved. I've been saved, and he's very angry because I'm saved. I don't know about you, but he's also angry because you are saved. <laughs> and so there has to be a lot of prayer. Sorry I've spent more time on this prayer, but it, it's very important that we pray. 
Look, it's not any big prayer. It's about your ability to convince God and to speak to God about a person. And you must learn the act of binding, wherein you rebuke foul spirits. Take your hands off these children. Take your hands off this. Am I making sense? Yeah. There's a family I'm praying for. I've been I've been standing with uh, my senior pastor. Recommended them to come and see me, and because I'm here, they reached out to me by phone. This woman had given birth to a child. The child for the past 18 months has been in a hospital. They spent everything and the child is not getting well. So they brought the child to me. When they brought the child to me, they called me the first day. I didn't respond to their call. They called me for about a week. I didn't respond to their call because I really wanted to hear from God what must be done. I was praying one morning and the Lord showed me there's something in the chest of the child and I saw a hand remove it. So I called them and I said, listen, a hand has removed this thing from the child. The child is well. This morning, she sent me a WhatsApp and in the WhatsApp she said, Ever since we prayed, something has happened. The child for the past three weeks hasn't been sick. Mm -hmm. Listen, they are powers. Yeah. You remember when I came to this country, that's about five months ago, right? I was very sick. My kidneys were swollen. A lot of prayers and a lot of seeking medical attention. God healed me totally. Because of the work we're doing, sometimes we come under strange attacks. Strange attacks. I used to preach on radio stations. Sometimes when you return from the radio stations, you have swollen legs. A lot of, lot of attacks. And so prayer is very important. You remember in, in Luke chapter 4 and verse 14, the Bible said, and Jesus returned. You know when he had been tempted, he went to the wilderness. He spent a lot of time praying. In the wilderness of 40 days and 40 nights, what was Jesus praying about? Because that was the beginning of his ministry. He was praying for the salvation of the nations. Because that was the reason why he came. My brothers and sisters, every one of us here has someone you must rescue from going to hell. I mean, if you see, if we look at the description of hell, it's not a place any human being must go. Your worst enemy, not even Putin must go there. Do you know what I'm saying? Nobody has right to go there because Jesus paid for all. He was not, he, he, he did not discriminate, he did not segregate. Am I making sense? Yes. And so there must be prayer. Tonight, before we go, we're going to pray. Now look at this. Why do we evangelize? The penalty for our sin is fully paid. So that's the message we are going. Right? We are going with. And so, the very first reason why you have to evangelize is because Jesus instructed us. I'm going to send, I'll let uh, Pastor Logan send you this uh, slide so that you can have a look at it. Jesus instructed us. So in, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, in the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 15 to 18, the Bible said, Jesus said to them, go into the world. Now that, this world here, if you look at the Greek word that was used, it means cosmos. Cosmos means the systems. Mm. So then they go into the system of banking, go into the system of marriage, go into the fabric of society, go into cultures. That's what you're going to do. Into the world. Every one of us has a world. You have your people you meet. You have your people who believe in you. You have everybody. You have a culture. You have a society. You have a business. 
there's a place you're working. He said, go in there and preach the gospel to all creation. All creation. That means we should be so functional in righteousness that it affects the tax system. Mm. That it affects the fiber of society. Listen, if, if the gospel is well preached, some of the battles between the Republicans and the Democrats will be solved. Mm. Do you know what's happening now? They are using the name of God, but without the power of God. In Africa, everybody wants to be president, wants to use God, because they know that religion is the opium of the masses. So they are trying to use religion to gather people, but they don't believe in God. Thank God we are not religious. <laughs> and so this is a go to a clean. Say, whosoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whosoever believes not will be condemned. Listen, don't say you preach and you didn't listen. If they didn't listen to you, keep preaching. Keep preaching, keep preaching, keep preaching, and keep praying. Because more than five or ten years, I never spent, said, I never went to church. I claim I was an atheist, yet I believed in something. Many people take the role or the poster of an atheist because they don't want to be responsible and accountable to anybody. But the fact that you don't want to be accountable to Jesus does not stop him from judging you when you die. Because it is appointed unto man who wants to die. After death, you will give an answer. If you don't believe in the day of judgment, just watch how many years you spent in college. After every season of college, what do you do? You write an exam. And we evaluate and we give credit to everyone. For that means in time, even that's judgment. Every one of us here is equal to what you believe. You are equal to how much time you spent and the time you gave to yourself with regards to being in school. How do you spend those times? It's as a result of who you are today. In the same vein, if you believe, the word believe here comes from a Greek word, which means pistil. That means to be convinced beyond reasonable doubt. I am convinced beyond reasonable doubt that Jesus saved me. That's why I'm here today. I am convinced. Whosoever is convinced beyond reasonable doubt. So the message must, you see, you must sound convincing. Sometimes you have to make it dramatic. I was telling Logan that, you see, the message that we preach, if we don't package it in a way that we can get to the people, we will keep preaching and have no results. Some of us in Africa, one of the things I realized about this preaching of the gospel is our preaching of the gospel is condemnation. Mm. But the gospel is a good news. Mm -hmm. This water, it quenches thirst, right? It doesn't choke. If you give a different meaning to this, many will not appreciate it. So it's not about God, it's not about condemnation, it's about love. He said, whosoever believes and is baptized shall not be condemned, uh, shall, shall be saved, but who does not shall be condemned. Now look at something here. If you take a critical look at this side, he said these signs will accompany those that believe. 
in my name they shall drive out demons. That means there are demons in people's lives. These are foul spirits. These are, you know, sometimes you look at your children, they behave certain ways. You've tried everything to straighten them up. How much time do I have? Right? Keep going. Right? Sometimes you don't understand. You think psychologists can help. I believe in the work of psychologists. But sometimes you must engage in warfare. My little brother, very intelligent, highly intelligent, became a victim of alcohol to the extent that he had epilepsy when he doesn't take a sip. Look, we took him to every hospital. They, didn't, they couldn't help. He took prayer. And in Ghana, this is one of the things that we do. Whenever we are going for evangelism, like I said, we do um, spiritual marketing. Why? Because we want to know what's happening. <clears throat> what we realized was that in the coastal area, immorality was high. Teenage pregnancy, the forest zone also. And so when we knew these things, it influenced the way we packaged the message and it influenced the prayers that went into it. Mm. Now you can see these signs shall follow. That means when you obey, when you speak, things will happen. When you talk to the people, things will happen. When you pray for them, things will happen. When you show them love, the love will be evident in their life. The gospel can never be presented without love. Amen. If you take away love, it's politics. Mm-hmm. And both churches are doing politics. It's not more evangelism. The evangelism is you are rescued. Jesus said, the Bible said, he came to sozo. He came to break them out. You see, that word sozo is also like um, opening up a shell and taking the granite or the nut out. Do you understand it? And so this will happen. He said, they will speak with new tongues. You see, these new tongues is not just the prayer of tongues, but their, their conversation and their communications will change. When people change, you get to know their change by what they say. They are no more vulgar. They are positive. They are faith-driven. When they are speaking, you can know that they have been changed. Because the Bible said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A changed man has a changed heart. And when a changed heart is in motion, what they say is visible. Somebody claiming to be a believer or be a born-again Christian will only be known by what they say. Am I making sense? Yeah. Am I making sense? Yeah. Good. And so in um, in the book of, uh, what do you call it? Matthew 28, also Jesus repeated the same thing. There. He said, go and make disciples of men. So it is not just winning the souls, but the souls must graduate to become disciples. What who's a disciple? The disciple must exemplify. There must be the change which is in Christ or that which Jesus is looking out for must be in the disciples. So the disciples are not preached to, they are taught. That means we teach them to be. We teach them the basic rudiments of the Bible. We teach them to read the Bible. We teach them to pray. We teach them to live the new life. You see, you don't give birth to a child and leave the child to grow by itself. It doesn't happen. In the same way, we must teach them to walk. Yes, after they've gotten born again, some of them may fornicate. They may fall. But you see, we must not be judgmental towards them. We must carry them because, you see, it's an act. They are growing. 
Do you get upset when your child trying to walk false or trying to write false? No, you don't get upset. And so when believers or new believers come into our fold and they are in error, we lovingly correct them. Am I making sense? Yeah. And so that's what I said. Go and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And look at something here. What's the last one here? The last statement. And surely I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. What was Jesus trying to say? I will be there to help them. I'll be there to help them. In John chapter 16 and verse 8, he said, when the Holy Spirit is come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment because I go to the Father. So that means conviction has nothing to do with you. It is not how aggressive you are. Mm -hmm. It is yours to obey. And when you obey, you will convict. Mm -hmm. Just say it. Okay. How do you evangelize? Look at what I wrote here. Do it like Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit influence your approach. Will I attack you? When I come to your house, I go to, you know, in my area, there used to be this drinking spot, you know, a place like a, a pub, right? And uh, I noticed that any time I want souls there, souls went there to drink at night, that was becoming a problem to me. Because you see, I was, my works were becoming fruitless. And you know, you know this, as I, was, I, was, as I wasn't too aged in, in ministry. So I went and stood before the, the pub and I said, you pub, you can no more be here. I demand that you close down in Jesus' name. And I went. The next day, the uh, city council came and said that the pub was at the wrong spot. They broke it down. <laughs> I said, you cannot be here. Sometimes you have to be radical. Especially when you want to be saved. If there is an activity that makes them do what they do, attack that thing, you don't attack the human being. Yeah. If, it is, if it is a habit, if it is a stronghold in their life, attack that thing. And so it is, this is what I said. <laughs> Look at the first statement there. Your love for the lost soul must be stronger than your personal issues. Yeah. Yeah. I might have issues with you, but my love for the soul, or my issue is, ah, what would people think about me? What would they say? My love for the soul, my desire to have the person rescued should be the strongest. So I use John 3, 16. It said, for God so loved the world that he gave. It was the strongest love he had. The Bible says, greater love has no man than this, than for a man to lay down his life for another. It takes love for one to be saved. It took love for Jesus to leave his deity as God to become man. Just for one to be redeemed. And so we must have that same type of love, that kind of love, that agape love for the souls. If Jesus used love, you can't use strength. You must use the same as Jesus did. The second thing that I realized that we, we have to use is what we call compassion. Mm -hmm. That means I, I must have that strong edge for this sister to be saved. For that politician to be saved. You see, it is easy for you to condemn politicians. It is easy to condemn people who are in the limelight. 
When you are in darkness, you don't know who you are. Wait for the light, the spotlight to come on you. Then we'll see how dirty, how naked you are being. And so we have, must have compassion. The Bible said, when Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion upon them because they were harassed and helpless. Sinners are harassed by their sins mm. and they are helpless. Mm. No, can you tell me why people would take alcohol that is so destructive? People will cut themselves and insert needles. Why would people inject themselves with many things? Why would people be, why would people be prostitutes? Can you imagine as beautiful as God has made you? How important you are now you have become a sex machine? No. It's not because they want to do it. Something is compelling them. They are harassed. And the Bible says, when Jesus saw that the, he said to the disciples that harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest. That means that, you know, there are more people needed. Who are the weak people? We are the people. Let me make this statement straight. It is not every soul you will talk to that will be changed by you. Sometimes you will start it, another sister will meet the same person and continue the message and it will become complete. And so Paul said, I planted and Apollos watered, but the increase came from God. God has his way of saving people. Don't you try to use it. That's why I said, you do it like Jesus. Do it like Jesus. Now let's take... Um, some uh, let's look at this thing here um, in John chapter 8 verse 1 to 11 how many of you remember that woman who was caught in adultery mm -hmm. it's amazing how adultery is committed by two yet one was judged mm -hmm. that is a perverse system and that's the system we have one was brought and they came accusing him before Jesus to test Jesus and look at what Jesus did Jesus was very gentle. What he did was, he sat down and began to write the names and the sins of the people. When the people stood and saw what Jesus was writing, they ran away. Because Jesus asked one simple question. Which one of you has not committed sin? Let him cast the first stone. Some of them were committing adultery. Some of them were stealing. Some of them were in grievous sin. But the Bible said, something happened. This is what Jesus said. Jesus spoke to again to the people and said, I am the light of the world. Whosoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So Jesus was trying to say, what Jesus was trying to say is this. Listen. What the people used was not the right. I am the right light that people must use. So if you want to judge, use my method. What did Jesus do? He said to the woman, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. That means we must encourage the people not to sin, but don't judge them. Encourage them. Use the method of Jesus. Now, um, uh, uh, there's another guy, Zacchaeus. How many of you know Zacchaeus? Mm -hmm. He was known as a tax collector. Zacchaeus, you know in those days, tax collectors were very rich because they fed on the weakness of the people. They changed the system to make money. But you see, when he approached Jesus, the Bible said, Jesus said to Zacchaeus, he wanted to see Jesus, but he was impeded by his height. He ran and climbed a tree, and when Jesus got there, he saw him and said, come down, to be able to go to your house. 
Jesus did not condemn him for his bribery. <coughs> Jesus did not condemn him for his corruption. He did not condemn him for his sin. He only went to his house. And the presence of Jesus in his house brought the change. Listen to this. When we go to them, it's not about what we feel, how we feel, what we know about them. Look, if you are approaching a sinner to teach the sinner with the sinner's sins in your mind, you will be judgmental. Go looking at them with the eye of love. Now look at what Jesus said. In 19 verse 9, And Jesus said unto him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. The son of man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus did not come for us, the righteous. He came to seek and save the lost. So that is our mission. That's our mandate. We must seek the lost at all costs. One of the things I've noticed about the current church is that people move from church to church, not sinners coming to church. So I was impressed when I moved to Lake City, from Lake City, go to uh, Cove. But you see, so it's becoming a recycling. Whilst the sinners are perishing and going to hell. Let's get them in. How do we, let's do it like Jesus. When we go in this condemnation, don't condemn. Remember that the son came to seek and save the lost. What does it mean to seek? Seek means you are intentional. You must look. It's like something has fallen into this and you want to find it in this carpet. It requires a magnifying glass. It requires some bending down. You know, in as much as you are wearing the best suit, if you have to pick it up, you bend down. That's what Jesus did. He came from heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. As I, I close, this is what I, I wrote here. Don't waste time. Don't waste time. Time. I was working in the bank and then this lady came to tell me that she had a dream that somebody had strangulated and killed her, you know, in a dream. And I told her, look, some of you, when you are eating heavy meals at night, you go and sleep and have such dreams and want to come and bother me. And I didn't take it seriously. Three days after, somebody killed her. Yes. My working colleague. She lived alone, big house. And so when she drove in, the guy followed. She struggled there, took everything from her. But the guy was caught because he said, I mean, he's insane. I mean, how do you steal a, uh, you kill somebody, steal the car, and be driving the car in town? It is only when God wants you to be caught. <laughs> but the truth is this. Did we take it serious? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we, we are not sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Why would the lady come to me? She's my friend. She's the friend of others. But she told me what? Only told me. And so, now look at this. We must make our attention quickly to the souls. When you meet them, show them the love. Let them know how much Jesus loved them. Let them know that salvation is real. Am I right, Jesus? Yes. And you leave it there. Look at the second point. Try not to argue. When they start arguing, drop the argument. Try not to argue. Yes, they have a point of view. Listen to their point of view and also present yours. Don't say, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Who are you? you? No, no, no. You see, you will never get the attention of a soul if you argue. 
They say they don't believe in Christ. No problem, you don't believe in Christ. Show them love and keep talking to them and keep praying for them. One day they'll come to you. One day. The Bible said, let your light so shine before men. Let me see your good works. Is that not it? So let me, some of them, it is not what you say that will change them. It is the life you live. There has to be something peculiar about you, something special, something that is intriguing that the person will say, ah, this guy is different. This lady is different. It's not the preaching. Because they hear you preach, but you are violent. You are vulgar. They hear you preach, but you are the one sleeping with everybody. They hear you preach, but you are very discriminatory. You are a racist. No, nobody will listen to you. Reflect the word of God. Use polite words. No matter how angry people make you, use polite words. <laughs> Jesus used polite words. The Pharisees accused him of being Beelzebub. Then he said to him, how can the devil fight against the devil? A kingdom divided against seven. We must stand. Jesus, that's what he said. But he said, but if I, if by the hand of the finger of God, I cast out devil, then the kingdom of God is established. That's what he said. So Jesus was very strategic, polite with don't intimidate people with your spirituality. Hey, don't touch me. Don't touch me. You are too, you are too dirty. You are, no, 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 no. People will not follow you. You know, you think you are right. You think you are righteous. And so you are using your right information you have, your, or your privy to, to intimidate people. It won't work. It will not work. Don't be judgmental in your presentation. Be very careful how you say it. You might have a view about the persons, or you might have an opinion about the person. But please, it's not about you. It's about Christ saving people. Wow. So your opinion doesn't matter. Yeah. It's Christ. Be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you go to the person's house to present, or you want to talk to the person, the Holy Spirit can tell you, hold on, it's not today, not today, not today, not today, not today. Just pray with the person. Sometimes you can go to a place, you meet someone, can I pray with you? Can I pray with you? You just pray with the person you read. Sometimes you just take the person's number, you take the number, just have a conversation with the person. It might just be an introduction. A house is not built in a day. Mm-hmm. Nobody will be born again in a day. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you the truth. Sometimes God in his own way is able to save people in a day. But most of the time, it, it's a process. Mm-hmm. No child was conceived and born in the day. So keep moving. Keep feeding. Pray before and after witnessing. It's very important. If today you are going to work, say, Father, today I want to be the light light, lighthouse. Let the light, your light in me shine so that people can find you. Let my words my lips and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you and to the people that's well. Yeah. In Luke 2 52, the Bible said Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and had favor with God and with man. Listen, favor is a light. Jesus, he grew in wisdom and in stature. Wisdom is the right for application of God's word. He grew using God's word at the age of 12 so that the, 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 he lived his life to please God to the extent that men were attracted to him. Don't be yourself. Be who he wants you to be. Because yourself is a sinful self. Oh. So you must pray. 
And when you are finished witnessing, pray that, Lord, whoever I've spoken to, let not your word return unto you void. Mm. Let it accomplish the reason for it was sent. Mm. Let this word continue to ring in the heart and on the mind of this person. Father, let them not feel. You know, because Satan has a way of stealing word from people's heart. Mm. How many of you remember the parable of the soul? Mm -hmm. Because people have many curses. Some of them are looking for food to eat. Let me show you something. If you approach somebody to preach to a person and the person is broke, meet the person halfway. The gospel is not only preaching words, it's preaching deeds. Feed them. If it's a bill you can pay, pay the bill. An act of kindness can change people. Jesus multiplied bread and many followed him. Jesus healed the sick and many followed him. Jesus opened the eyes of the blind and many followed him. He casted out devils and many followed him. So that means act of kindness is very necessary. Pray. Always remember conviction emanates from the Holy Spirit. You cannot force people to change. Today if you talk to them, love them and keep praying with them. Anytime you meet a person who is an addict to something, I'm praying with you. God is working. God is working. God is working. God is working. He did it for me and he will do it for you. Amen. I've been through it. I've been depressed before. You think you were not always be depressed? I've been depressed before. That was 20, 2018. No, 2017. I was in I was in uh, Seattle. I came to preach in a at a wedding. And then so there, there's these people I was working with, and they asked me to sign a document. I didn't read the document, I signed it. Only when I got to, back to Ghana, I was in debt of 58,600 US dollars. Wow. Weeks I couldn't sleep, because where was I going to get the money? And the people said I signed it, and so I consented. And these people left me, they gave me to the police. I had to sell my Mercedes Benz, I had to sell that. I had to sell it. At the end of the day, I had peace. I was depressed. I felt God had abandoned me. But it wasn't because God abandoned me. God was teaching me something. He used that situation to make me learn. Am I making sense? No matter what you're going through, there is always a way out. How do I start? The Holy Spirit knows the situation of every soul and is willing to assist. So when you're going to talk to someone, you just bow down, hey Lord, how do I start? The Holy Spirit. He's called the Allos Paracletus, mm. another helper. His help is potent. He knows how he can make you relate to someone's situation. Mm. He knows how. Do you know that you just can hold? I remember I was going to preach in a in a football camp, you know. Is 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 this football team? When I got there, the guys were they had just returned from training, and one of them had a very swollen leg, and they said. If you say you're a man of God, pray for this leg. If this leg is healed, we will listen to you. How do I heal? I never healed before. I said, put it on the table. I said, Father, I shall not be disgraced in Jesus' name. And I tucked the leg, and the leg shrank to the middle. You see, these things, God does it, and they got my attention. Or I got the attention. At the end of the day, more than 40 players, there and there, got born again because they gave me the chance to teach. And to preach. And I kept visiting them till I left that city. But you see, there was a situation. What was the situation? He created a situation and he healed. I didn't heal because I don't have no power to heal. 
I said, Father, I shall not be disgraced. I shall not be disgraced. How can I be disgraced here? Use any available chance to share your testimony of your encounter with Christ and your conversion. What have you experienced? Sometimes when you don't know what to say, tell them what he has done for you. You were out there. He brought you in. Tell them your testimony. How you prayed and God heard you. Tell them whatever you can remember he has done. And that will open an avenue for conversation. Because you see, you've been through something. He's also going through something. We've all been through things. And one way or the other, something has happened. Tell them what has happened. Take advantage of every situation to introduce the gospel. It's a good use. One time, I was sitting with these boys who will not listen to anything I say. And so we're talking about Manchester and, and uh, Manchester United and Chelsea. And they are lost, woefully. And I was telling them, look, God has a way of doing things. Today, he will let Chelsea win. Tomorrow, Manchester will win. But God rules in the affairs of all men. Sometimes, it may not be the way you want, but God. So you see, what was I doing? Football, but I was using the, 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 the equation of God in the matter. And they were listening. They said, hmm. Yeah, God. God, 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 God. Then I got there. That day, they came asking me, man of God, is it good to drink alcohol? So now we have to now go into the Bible to look at alcohol, what alcohol does. Yes, if you drink, if you allow alcohol to lead, you will become something different. But you must be in control. You must be in control. But can you be in control? If you cannot be in control, run away. Mm. Do you understand how it? Mm. So I presented it. I never said to them yes or no, but I presented the gospel to them. I said, can you control? If you can control, that's it. But if you not cannot control, be careful. Because alcohol is a mocker. In Ghana, I've seen my colleagues, my classmates, who look very old today because their systems are down because of the excess use of alcohol and other drugs. Mm -hmm. So always use your testimony to change them. Okay, share the gospel with tract or digital flyers or, insp or inspiring messages. So, I mean, in time, what we could do is let's just do some gospel tracts, you know, digital things, and then we just spread them on, on status. Somebody can just look at your status. Ah, Jesus loves me. I didn't know. You know, it's just a simple statement. Jesus loves me. John 3.16, just can put John 3.16, put some colors around it. Oh, so God so loved me. You see, you might think that John 16 is a common message. But you see, when you have prayed and you put it on your status and somebody sees it, it becomes light. Because God wants to speak to the person. Okay? Live your new life in reflection of Christ to encourage onlookers. You cannot be preaching the gospel and have a bad life. Your life must be reflective. That means you must allow yourself to go through the motion. You understand it? Because Jesus said we are the light of the world. If we are the light of the world, that means that the world must see light. Then he went further to say we are the salt of the world. That is in Matthew chapter 5. And so you understand that if salt, what does salt do? It changes the taste. It preserves. So when I go into atmospheres of violence, I should be able to be the peacemaker. When there's a, there's a conflict or there's an argument between the Republicans and then the, the Democrats, I should be able to you know, control the anger of everyone, not taking side. 
when there's you know this Ukraine Russia Russia war, you realize that people have taken sides. Pastor, so no, no, no. Let's simmer and let's join forces and rather pray for the people to change. Let's not say like America, we are going to stand behind uh, uh, what do you call it, Ukraine, and we are selling weapons. No, let's not do that. Let's pray, right? So I just concluded by putting here. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill. You realize that this light is up there because that's where it must be. Light must be up to illuminate. That's where God has put you. Don't let people see faith. Let them see the true light. Because in John chapter 8, the Lord, Jesus said, I am the light. So we are light because he is in us. Christ in me. The hope of glory. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Whenever Christ finds himself in a person's life, the person's life shines. And so he concluded by saying, Let your life so shine before men that they may see your good works. Someone say good works. Good works. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. Matthew chapter 4, 14 to 16. Do you have any questions? <laughs> Normally when I'm doing these things, what we do is we, we break them into classes and uh, we do it in such a way that people can, we, we practicalize. So this is just a synopsis. I have to put everything just together mm -hmm. to talk about it all, you know. Because we spend time talking about prayer. We don't just, after talking about prayer, we teach them that <coughs> of praying for souls. Which I'll, I'll put some bullets and send it to Logan to send it around for you to see. Is there any question? Anything <coughs> bothering your mind? Okay, please do. I've got a question. I mean, uh, so, uh, thank, this was really great. Thank you for putting this all together. Um, I've heard lots of teaching about evangelism over the years, but it's great to hear your experience um, because you have so much, so many stories that. You can say this is what happened. Mm -hmm. um, I think the big difference between all the other uh, people I've heard talk about evangelism—it's much more kind of rational, factual, uh, you know, persuasion. Uh, those are the things that they're emphasizing. Uh, I really appreciated you talking about kind of this prayer and the Holy Spirit and the spiritual warfare behind. Uh, and, and honestly, some of it I was, you know just never have really thought about beyond just basic theology. You know, like, oh yeah, of course, there's a spiritual battle, but I haven't thought with, with that intentionality. I'll say the story of you healing someone's leg and yeah. then sharing the God, that kind of blows my mind. I have a lot of questions about that. So I've never seen anything like that before. I went to a town where, let's say, 80% of the town were deaf and dumb. Now, when we went to the town to do the crusade, that day when we were raised, when we were inviting souls to come forward, they didn't, nobody came. It was a very difficult and very disheartening thing, and so I just heard the Holy Spirit say, "Pray for them." So I called that anybody who wants to be healed should come forward. And uh, when they came forward, I prayed. When I prayed, not one was healed. A second level of depression. Mm -hmm. First one, they didn't give their life to Jesus. 
I pray that thing happen. Then I remembered what Jesus did when he got to the tomb of Lazarus. He said, Lord, I thank you that when I pray, you hear me. Then I also pray the same prayer. Father, I thank you that when I pray, you hear me. Yes, open. Not one was not healed. Every one of them was healed. Then we did the altar call again, and they came. You know why? Because something has happened. And so, you see, that's what I'm saying, that God has his way. Not all the crusades are the same. And not all evangelisms are the same. And so, depending on the heart of the people and the receptivity of the people, God has a way of packaging the message. So if you think that you have a formula you want to use, you will fail. Because it's not by might. Neither is it by power. But it's by my spirit. And so God determines what happens. He said, for as many as are led by the spirit, you have to be led. The Holy Spirit, the role of the Holy Spirit is very paramount when it comes to the presentation of the gospel. Because if you're a nurse and you find yourself in the hospital, he has a way of making you use like medical systems to present the gospel. If you're a teacher, if you're a footballer, you'll be surprised. And he, he is able to make people understand based on... Do you remember the, 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 the centurion? Mm -hmm. He wanted a healing. Centurions are soldiers. Now Jesus was coming. He said, you did not come to my house. But look at how God initiated the thing from his side. You didn't have to come. He said, I am a man of authority. When I say, do this, they obey. So don't come. Just say. He didn't initiate it from Jesus. He initiated it from the guy. So, through that means, there was salvation in that house. You remember, uh, is it Luke chapter 7? This young man who's, who's uh, the woman whose husband had died and the only son was also dead and was being carried out of name to be buried. And the Bible said Jesus met them. He touched the very they stopped and he, he raised the child. Imagine what's going to happen there. Many will turn to look after him for Jesus. And so miracles are acts. That's why he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. That means if you can go, there is nothing like impossibility. God will do it. I thought a lot about what you're talking about. And I think a lot of it has to do with um, Cole's testimony mm -hmm. that he gave you yeah. were there yeah. and he said that like God could have like physically manifested himself before his eyes and said I'm Jesus come and follow me and it wouldn't have done anything yeah. for him mm -hmm. but, but, but giving him forgiveness in his heart convinced yeah. him that there was a supernatural exactly. force and that I think most people that I know around here it's totally true that if, if like you know, if they had a huge swollen leg and it was, and someone prayed and it was miraculously healed, they'd be like, "Well, there's got to be some rational explanation for this." Exactly. And so that's, so we don't see as much of that. Mm -hmm. and, and when you get in places where people are, are like, not so jaded that if something supernatural happens, that they'll attribute that to God, mm -hmm. then God does all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Any other question? Otherwise, I want us to just bow down our heads and pray for people around the world. Asking the Lord, wherever they are in any part of the world, those who have made up their mind not to believe, 
those who Satan has blinded their mind, preventing them from accepting the good news. Those who are making money out of the good news instead of propagating. Let's just pray that the Holy Spirit will just move his hand around the world and see if they lift up your voice and begin to pray.